Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Hello again, dear listeners. These last few weeks, we've been busy on this program with God's amazing book called The Bible. One of the confessions of the churches that sponsor this broadcast speaks about the sufficiency of Holy Scripture. It says, in part, We believe that this Holy Scripture fully contains the will of God, and that all people must believe in order to be saved is sufficiently taught therein. That confession is based on the Bible's own words, words inspired by the Holy Spirit and recorded, for example, in 2 Timothy 3.16. And yet also these words of the Most Holy God are not embraced with believing hearts by all people. Far from it. I was going through some older printed messages first heard in what was then the Back to God Hour, a radio ministry of the Christian Reformed Church, was written by the late Reverend Dr. Peter Eldersfeld, a faithful and gifted radio minister, some of whose messages can still be heard on the YouTube. He called to mind an advertisement he'd come across in the New York Times for a book that attacked the Bible as, and I quote, a piece of obscene and immoral literature because it describes the sins of his characters in plain language. Now, the Times was not the first, and no doubt will not be the last to refer to various Bible stories as the most objectionable and lurid fiction. There are those addicted to sensational writing who evidently would like to undermine the faith of people in God's Word. And so they scoff at the validity of the Bible as being even less a workable code of morals. But then, We shouldn't be surprised for, yes, that's in the Bible, all right. Eldersfeld went so far as to say, the people who attack the Bible that way are in it too. You see, they may not realize it, but it is the judgment of God which hangs so heavy over their heads. The fact is that the Bible is honest and straightforward about the condition of humankind. In speaking of God's own people in Zechariah 7, the Lord Almighty says, But they refused to pay attention, and they turned their backs and stopped up their ears. They made their hearts as flint and would not listen to the law. The Bible doesn't hide the sins of people. It spells them out that we too might know how it is with us and what the Lord thinks about these sins. And not only that, but what he did and does about the guilty. In plain words, it tells the truth about man as well as about God. You see, God's word is not some smooth piece of religious propaganda in which all the offensive passages have been removed, such as the history of brutal wars, lustful kings and queens, jealous and proud church leaders, etc. At least one writer in modern times suggests 
No other book ever written has vibrated with more agonizing honesty. We must be thankful for this honesty, as the Bible itself testifies. In 1 Corinthians 10, the verses 6 through 11, we read these words. Now these things have occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 of them died. In our old human nature, so thoroughly tainted by sin, are we different from those who died as punishment for those sins? No. Also we and our generation know of these sins and commit them brazenly. And so the Bible has very good reason for mentioning them, that we might be warned and so driven to repentance. For you see, the Bible was written precisely for sinners, because it tells them the only way of salvation from sin. In all these stories authored by God himself, we are to see ourselves. It includes a dark story of evil deeds which are never minimized or excused, but always condemned and punished, unless, yes, unless there is a wholesale turnaround in people's lives, unless there is a great cry for forgiveness in the realization that each and every sin hurts, grieves, and angers the Lord of life. But then, this too is in the Bible. There is something beautiful and brilliant and life-giving. It is the truth concerning a man, yes, one who, though very God of very God, became man, one who, though pure and holy, stood out like a pure white flower in a dirty, muddy, polluted pool of water. That man is the Lord Jesus Christ, born of a woman, born under the law, as the Apostle Paul writes in Galatians 4, verse 4, to redeem those under law, that believers might be called God's true children. Did we deserve everlasting death because of our complicity in the rebellion of our first parents, Adam and Eve? Christ came to give us life, even life everlasting. Here is another purpose for the Bible, that we might know the wonderful story of salvation, though it's told against the dark and dismal background of our sin. Not only do those scoffers and skeptics Dr. Eldersfeld mentioned fail to see themselves in the tragic stories of people's grievous sins against the Lord, they miss seeing the one who is the real subject of the whole book, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Though he is the only name given under heaven by which we and they can be saved. Someone has rightly said that if you don't want the Bible to tell you the story of your sin, you cannot have the story of Christ. And then, too, there is no use celebrating Christmas, for you can't have Christmas if you don't have the Bible, and you can't have the Bible unless you know and confess your sins. Why do people try to dethrone the Lord Jesus? 
Why do they want to make of him someone like everyone else, a sinful human being, perhaps even one prone to immorality? Why would they deny his virgin birth, his deity, his resurrection and ascension into heaven? Is it perhaps to make themselves look better than they really are? Could it be that they consider his purity and his holiness a constant rebuke to them? Or, as appears to be the case with people who simply sniff at the word of God and dismiss the Bible as outdated myths, do they do so in order to try and escape God's inevitable judgment? But then they are foolish and living an illusion, for the only way to escape God's wrath is to turn to that very Son of God who came to bear God's wrath for all who believe. They miss the joy, the sheer and lasting joy of knowing an intimate relationship with the Savior, a relationship of God's covenant love and grace. Oh, if only more would search the Scriptures and learn of Christ, if only there would come a wholesale return to the gospel, the glad tidings of salvation, which is God's word. What a different society ours would be. Then people would have true rest for their souls, for their lives. They would know what the Bible calls the peace that passes understanding. Then so much restlessness and loneliness, as well as hopeless trusting in shadows, would disappear. Well then, dear listeners, treasure the Bible. It is a very, very good book. Not because we are in it, but because Christ Jesus is. Look to Him. Bend your knees before Him and pray. See your Savior and live. Amen. And thanks so much for listening. <music> 